welcome to the Deep State of Mind podcast. I'm Jonah. I'm here with my co-host, Gribble. What up? And we're not going to be talking about your mainstream conspiracy theories. Nobody's going to say that the CIA shot Kennedy. Nobody's going to talk about Bush doing 9-11. The moon landing could have been faked. Who really cares? We're doing the deep cuts. The weirdest, the most interesting, and the most obscure conspiracy theories that we can find. So basically every week we do our research and then we bring one conspiracy to the show and we kind of explain it to each other like a conspiracy theory show and tell. So what I'm doing this week is Reddit, one of the worst sites on the internet. Absolutely. And what this theory is highlighting about Reddit is actually a website that is controlled by the United States government. Okay. This theory originates from a 2013 Reddit blog post where basically Reddit, uh, I don't know if they still maintain their blog, I think they still do. Uh, I don't really care. It's mostly about Global Reddit Meetup Day, which is basically where you and all the other uh, weirdos gather together, and I don't know what they would do there. Like, what the fuck are you going to do at a Reddit meetup? What if you're the moderator of the Tricycle subreddit, run into Groyperman88? Like, what are you going to talk about? I think my um, experience with Reddit is a lot different than the mainstream, like, stereotype use of Reddit, because I'll just have, like, any bizarre question about anything and Google it, and the top result is always a Reddit page. So if you look at, like, my Reddit account, it's me just popping in on the most random fucking subreddits with a question. That's a really great way to use Reddit, and it's really productive. That, or just, like, checking out AMAs every once in a while, or some of the short stories on No Sleep. You know, they were better a couple of years ago, but they still have some you know, pretty good short stories on there. Those are, like, the good ways of using Reddit. The bad ways of using Reddit is to use it every day. What what kind of subreddits do you browse, Jonah? Uh, mostly just political ones that align with my interests, general news ones, some technology ones. I've got, like, 200 I'm subscribed to. I'm one of the bad kinds of Redditors. I will admit this. But, um... I actually, like, frequented the uh, Best Buy subreddit when I worked at Best Buy because it was, like, just a bunch of fucking nerds who worked at Best Buy making memes about how much their job sucked, and I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine that would be good. I wish there was a, uh, a Safeway subreddit. Yeah, okay. Anyway. <laughs> that would be sick as hell. Honestly, just having a bunch of grocery store clerks just shit-talking. Oh my god, no. The Best Buy employees are fucking hilarious. Like, when uh, the shutdowns for mm-hmm. COVID first started, they... <laughs> There is like a, like Gary's mod rendered model of this guy T posing and he was wearing like um, a hazmat suit that was fitted to look like a Best Buy uniform and the caption said, fuck it, bro, you want to apply for a Best Buy card? <laughs> <laughs> it was really All good. Right, that There's is some good. funny people on there. But anyway, this is from a Reddit blog post about Reddit meetups. Again, something that's very weird to me, but listener, if you're the kind of person that enjoys these things, I may think you're weird. You're also a worthwhile person. Are Redditors friends of the show? I don't know. There's like 30 friends of the show, max. Like 15 at least. I mean, I feel like everyone has used Reddit at some point in their By life. By the way, shout out to women. I looked at the analytics on the first episode and it was like 80% female listeners. Thank you, women. Women like conspiracy theories, so this is a show for the ladies. It was basically a thing about the meetups, and then it also had just some general statistics. And it's got, you know, top cities by total visits, which has got, like, you know, New York, Toronto, London, Chicago, L.A., what you expect. And then it goes over to most addicted city, over 100,000 visits total. And the top one is Eglin Air Force Base in Florida. Eglin Air Force Base has a little over 21,000 people. So even if all those people were dropped into a city, you couldn't really call it a city. This... Reddit blog post. It's no longer up. Wait, is it, like, existing as it originally was, or was it archived? It's been archived. It's not up there anymore. It is a seven-year-old blog post. Now, you could say, oh, I mean, Eglin's probably just the biggest military base. That's probably why. Nope, it is the 16th largest. Let me move your attention over to something called DARPA. DARPA is the Technological Research and Development Program for Military Technologies. It has an annual budget of $3.4 billion, and if you want to be able to visualize that money, it is enough to pay six months of studio apartment rent for every homeless person in America. Instead, it's being used to develop civilian seeking missiles uh, as well as a bad vibes ray that can bum out even the chillest dudes so there's a darpa program called the social media and strategic communication or smisc quoted right from the website for it the general goal of the social media and strategic communication program is to develop a new science of social networks built on an emerging technology base through the program darpa seeks to develop tools to help identify misinformation or deception campaigns and counter them with truthful information reducing adversaries ability to manipulate events. So would they have uh, any connections to the propaganda that 
apparently Russia was pumping out around the elections. The idea was that it was about going onto social media and promoting United States friendly narratives. Okay. You know, that's that's sort of the, the plain English of it. So let's say there's a Reddit post that gets 20,000 votes about that young woman who was murdered at a military base. Oh, right. This was, uh, where was that? Like Fort Dallas? I, where the fuck was that? It was in Fort Hood, I believe. Vanessa Gillian? Gillian? Yeah, maybe, maybe Gillian or Gillian. You know, let's say that gets theoretically... Hypothetically, 20,000 upvotes gets on the front page, then it would probably be in the military's best interest then to maybe post something that was like, here's 90-year-old World War II veteran on pics or something like that. And, you know, that through one method or another gets 100,000 upvotes. On our, our, uh, our slash old school cool, like my grandfather's yeah. old military cap. You know, a nice feel-good story about the last justified war we were in. And it could also have, like, greater implications. You know, DARPA doesn't just do military stuff. A lot of DARPA projects have actually crossed over into the civilian world. GPS, Siri, the computer mouse, and the internet were all spawned of DARPA projects. Okay, interesting. So it's got a far sort of wider breadth than just military interests. It's just sort of greater United States government interests. This is probably the most plausible theory I'm ever going to cover. Sounds about right. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if there's a lot of buzz around, hey, guys, look at this bad stuff the military is doing, and then... Oh, here's a post like, oh, touching moments where soldiers are reunited with their families and that gets buzzing as well. Because I'll see that pretty often just on social media. Like I will find a post criticizing, you know, the military and then within seconds I see something cool or uplifting or patriotic about the military. It's very much not uncommon on Reddit for, let's say, the day or the day after a, let's say, police officer shoots an unarmed black man, then you have wholesome cop dog. It's always the canines, yeah. It's always the dogs. It is a bit of a a paranoid or conspiratorial thing to think about them, but with all this other information, I I hope that that X-Files theme is playing in your head, because if it's not, uh, I don't know. You're a beta. You're a normie. <laughs> you got low T, man. <laughs> Soy face. <laughs> Go play your Nintendo Switch, you cuck. That's your wife's boyfriend bot. <laughs> sort of a, a fun fact involving government involvement in online affairs and the year 2013, which is when the, the blog post went up. In 2013, Edward Snowden handed over information to the journalist Glenn Greenwald. Rest in peace. He's not dead. He's just a dumbass these days. Who then put the information on The Guardian, which essentially said, yes, the United States is spying on pretty much every American. That's just sort of the way it goes. That's how it is, chief. Nothing you're going to do about it, buddy. Can I ask, what does that mean, though? Like, you know, when people say, oh, the government is spying on us, like, there's an FBI agent in your iPhone camera. Like, I always thought that was weird because, I don't know, I feel like it's a case of, like, main character syndrome of just some random citizen, like, you know, 36 years old, living in Tennessee, and is thinking that there's someone personally watching him, like his Google Home or his Siri or his Alexa is personally watching him. And it's like, there's there's like, what, 325 million people? Like, what makes you so special out of everyone else? Very obviously, there's not one agent assigned to each individual in the United States. But basically what they are doing is they are collecting all of that data. They have like an absolutely insane, basically massive hard drive located underground. Uh, This was stuff that was all confirmed in the the Snowden leaks. Okay. They have a backdoor through pretty much a majority of all companies, and if they don't have one now, then they pretty much walk up to the company and they're like, hey, give us your data. And, you know, pretty much every company loves to be like, we would never do that. There are some cases like Apple not letting the United States government open that iPhone, but for the most part, online entities will just kind of bend over for the United States government because that's how it be. That's how power works. Right. And it's funny because, you know, uh, it seems like tech companies and the government are butting heads a lot, but in my opinion, they're working in conjunction very much yeah. so. It's definitely not one guy looking at every person in the United States, but let's say you know, for some reason, they suspect you of anti-government activity, and okay, nothing might come of this, but they still have the opportunities to spy. I just thought it was always so funny, people who are so into the whole, like, spying thing, they just really think that they are the main character, and that someone is personally watching their every move, when it's like, I don't think they personally give a shit what you're doing right now, I think they just want your data for advertisements. <laughs> 
Well, that's the private side of things. Data is taken for advertisements all the time by private companies. If an insurance company buys up all of 23andMe's information so that it can inform itself on some genetic predispositions people might have, or XYZ ad service buys, let's say, Walmart's data to see what you were browsing to give you an ad, you know, maybe for another website, is very different from what the government's purpose for it, which is just simply surveillance. This idea of surveillance under the guise of security is something that is really prevalent in post-9-11 law. Well, yeah, like, what is it, uh, Patriot Act? Big Brother. Yep. Thinking that somebody's always watching you is definitely a common symptom of schizophrenia, but the government has pretty much confirmed we can watch you, and if we want to, we will watch you, and we've got everything on you. I think that the government is largely apathetic. If the government were to not become apathetic, if let's say there was a certain political faction or what have you, that the government were to suddenly start claiming to be terrorists, uh, you know, that might pose somewhat of an issue to those individuals. Right, okay. So it's, it's one of those things where it really does breed conspiratorial thought, because it was a conspiracy theory for the longest time. It was, it was a completely unverified theory, and then suddenly, in 2013, this guy comes out and says, yeah, basically, we are and we can watch you as much as we like. Well, yeah, I wouldn't doubt that they have the ability to do it if they wanted to. Yeah, basically what this theory says is that Reddit is being manipulated directly by the United States government through Eglin Air Force Base. So, like, what is the significance of the Air Force Base? Is it just, you know, the control of Reddit is being operated at this base? The idea is that there's no reason why the most Reddit-addicted city to be an Air Force Base with 21,000 people. Don't get me wrong, a lot of members of the Air Force are nerds, and a lot of them are bored nerds, but it's really hard to see how the most Reddit-addicted city of 2013, you know, over 100,000 visits total, but the number one would be an Air Force base. And that's kind of what leads into the conspiratorial thought. It could easily be a bunch of bored Air Force nerds. This is one that I'm like a little bit more inclined to believe just because of the, the facts that are out there about government manipulation and or surveillance. Well, especially on just social media in general. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think something interesting about that is that you said that that's the most addicted city, not just like a a cluster, like a high density cluster of users. Like, you know, if that were the case, it'd probably be a huge city with like close population density like New York. But this is like the most addicted cluster of people. So that kind of suggests that, you know, all these Air Force base like soldiers or whoever they are, they are just constantly on Reddit. Yes. That is the possibility. That's really the biggest thing in debunking this, is that it could just be the fact that Eglin is full of nerds. And there's a lot of nerds in the Air Force. As I said, don't get me wrong. That's where most of the nerds in the military end up. Well, isn't Reddit also, like, the most popular site in general? Isn't that a thing? Reddit is number seven. yeah, so it's definitely up there. I mean, it's definitely kind of like the the sleeper social media that you don't think every single person around you uses but the chances are every single person around you has at least used reddit once or twice yeah and also the i think that something that really expanded reddit was the amas because you'll have just celebrities on there essentially giving interviews to a general public well i just like finding like niche communities like there's a subreddit for like literally everything like when i was in college i had a really horrible time like picking my skin and th- there's, like, a Dermatrillomania subreddit where people are on there, like, giving advice and, like, progress pictures and stuff for how they, like, would rip their face to shreds. And it actually, like, helped me out a lot. And my skin is much clearer than it used to be. So, I mean, it could literally... You could just be someone who's never used Reddit before, find a subreddit that is some kind of niche interest that you want to, like, look at, and bam, now you're a Reddit user. On the conspiracy side, isn't that the exactly the kind of website the government would want to have a good handle on? Well, yeah, I mean, because you could observe all these little, you know, like, they're kind of sectioned off, like, oh, I like doing this thing, or I subscribe to this political ideology, or, you know, stuff like that. So I think, you know, for an observation standpoint, like, Reddit would be the perfect place where you could get these people in their little bubbles and look at them separately. Instead of like Facebook, where it's kind of all just fucking mashed together. It really killed the forum. There used to be a lot of forums for all these different niche subjects, and you know, sometimes there would be several. But forums have hosting costs, and why would you use a forum when you can have somewhat limited function and have it hosted for free on a major website where you can get, you know, sort of more traffic and more people into these interests or 
you know, sort of a, a greater net to cast. Right. I mean, you you find, like, a forum. Like, you ask a question on Google, you find a forum. All the fucking answers are from 2008. Yeah, exactly. Rest in peace, forums. So, yeah, that's basically all the information about Reddit being controlled by the military. There's plenty of sort of anecdotal stuff, like I mentioned earlier, where, you know, you'll often see when something that is sort of against the government line or against the government itself, then often you'll see something rise up sort of in favor of that particular part of the government. But beyond that, really, that's kind of all of the the hard data that we've got. Well, I think, you know, this one kind of opens up a lot of room for speculation as to, like, you know, why would they choose Reddit and, you know, what are they using it for? Like, is it data? Is it observation? Is it a propaganda machine? Is it all of it? And you can go all sorts of places with that. You could say that Reddit is specifically manipulating the condiment subreddit in order to preserve the false superiority of horseradish sauce. Well, I mean, not to mention the Donald. Listen, if I were the United States government, I would want to keep an eye on those fucks, too. (laughs) Yeah. It ended up getting quarantined because there was like, I don't know, some cop who was, you know, vocally anti-Trump and they were like, we're going to have to kill the cops. <laughs> and that was when they got quarantined. Well, um, and then the incel subreddit, you know, they got quarantined and then eventually banned. But I mean, they just went off and made their own like website that I think has been shut down and reopened several times. Like who knows where they are now, but it's kind of interesting what subreddits they choose to ban and which ones they choose to keep. Because, um, I saw someone who I think was like pro Trump, pro r slash the Donald, but they made a good point. Mm -hmm. Which I hate to admit, like how, why is r slash the Donald such a problem when these subreddits exist? And it was like kind of a list of all these subreddits that were uh, really uh, explicit and uh, exploitive uh, pornography subreddits. Like uh, some real nasty stuff. So yeah, I mean, if it's a propaganda machine, they're, they're doing something interesting there. What Reddit chooses to quarantine or not really comes down to what will get them in trouble with the authorities. People make death threats against public figures. That's generally going to catch you a ban. Uh, weird or, you know, exploitative or, or, you know, even really fucked up porn. I don't think Reddit's going to get in trouble for that. A lot of the pruning and such has to do with PR moves. Well, I mean, if you want to make a death threat online, you just have to do it on 4chan. Yeah. And you'll end up on an FBI watch list, but they won't do anything about it. Yeah, exactly. As proven, as proven several times in the past. That's honestly a great piece of advice. If you want to threaten a public figure, head on over to www.4chan.org. <laughs> Is that actually the URL? That, that, that is the URL. I feel like a fucking boomer on 4chan. I can't use it. I don't understand it. How about you introduce us to your conspiracy theory? Okay. This one's fun. Hell yeah. I was originally introduced to this game through a YouTube conspiracy video when I was about 12 or 13 years old. And it was talking about this card game from the 90s that had predicted or revealed the Illuminati's plans for the world and, like, the New World Order and all that shit. And the card that I had originally seen, it it was interesting. It was a picture that appeared to uh, show Big Ben in London crashing down, and there was five men right in front of it, and they all had, like, a different, you know, primary color shirt on. And it was suggested that this was the resemblance of, like, Olympic rings. Oh. So it was basically saying for the London Olympics, which was in 2012, uh, there's going to be a disaster. So I'm, like, watching this, and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> and Hook, line, uh, obviously and sinker. that didn't happen. Yeah. But, and then it began showing all these different cards and how it went. So basically, now I'll give some history about the game. Alright. So, it is literally called Illuminati New World Order. That is the name of the game. And it is created by an American game designer named Steve Jackson. And he originally got the idea for the game in the 80s when he was talking to his freelance artist. They had a shared enjoyment of a book series called Illuminatus. And it was a trilogy, which was just a series of books exploring conspiracy theories in a satirical and, like, sci-fi adventure style. So it wasn't, like, serious. It was kind of just a fantasy book revolving around conspiracy theories. Uh Oh, I bet you there's certain circles of the internet where they think it's not fiction at all. Yeah, exactly. Steve was suggested to create a game inspired by the book series, so he began doing research on everything Illuminati and conspiracy theory related. Much like the book series, the game he had created was meant to be, like, tongue-in-cheek rather than serious. 
Mm-hmm. So it seems like Steve Jackson, uh, he's just an enthusiast of conspiracy theories, like as a cultural phenomena. Like he's not a conspiracy theorist. He doesn't believe in all this weird stuff. He just likes conspiracy theories much in the way you and I do. He sounds like a cool guy. I, w- yeah. I would like to hang out with There's, him. There's like some videos where he, you know, talks and like uh, at like panels and stuff like that. He's a cool guy. Yeah. I want to hear his opinion on Saddam Hussein's Stargate, <laughs> which will be a future episode. Wait, I want to do. You haven't told me about this. <laughs> Oh, man. It was this theory during the Iraq War that Saddam Hussein had a stargate that he would use to invade the United States and, like, summon some unknown alien power. Okay, that's badass. Don't spoil it too much. I do want to make an episode okay. about that. That sounds fucking amazing. Right. Okay. But it's basically just, like, a tabletop card game. And the main story is that each player takes a role as a different Illuminati group and tries to control the world. You know, like in Risk, when you're all these different nations trying to get power over the other? Yeah, yeah. It's like that, but you're an Illuminati group. Hell yeah, we so should play it sometime. There's a bu- it looks like a cool game, but it looks like it's kind of hard to get your hands on a copy of it. I mean, I could always just print off a bootleg copy. There's got to be a scan of all the cards out there. I think I want to support Steve Jackson. Though. Yeah, that's true. But if it's one of those things where if it's hard to find and it costs like 300 bucks for a used one, I'm not supporting Steve Jackson. I'm supporting the reseller who purchased it for, you know, 20, 30 bucks. Yeah, it, it looks like it is a pretty like elusive card game as well. And I mean, I, I can kind of imagine why. Yeah. But so here are the different groups, like the different roles that you can play as in the game. You can be the Bavarian Illuminati, which is the Illuminati that we are all most familiar with. All right. You could be the Discordian Society, which is kind of, it looks like it's like a Greek type of Illuminati or secret society. It's very Greek inspired. Mm-hmm. You could be the Aliens, the Servants of Cthulhu. Hell yeah. You could be the Bermuda Triangle, which <laughs> might be some kind of... <laughs> I don't know if that means you are literally that piece of land, the Bermuda Triangle, <laughs> or if it's the idea that there's a, a, a group of people operating the Bermuda Triangle, yeah, but yeah. I like that a lot. I, I like to imagine it's just the it's just the area. Yeah, you are just a big piece of water. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, playing Australia in Risk, where it's kind of like the long game. I like it a lot. I love the Bermuda Triangle, because I remember being like eight years old, thinking that the Bermuda Triangle was going to be a problem. I would have to face at some point in my life. <laughs> right? That was so... <laughs> much like much like quicksand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you ever see that episode of uh, Zach and Cody, Sweet Life on Deck? I never watched Disney. Oh, damn. All right, there's an episode where it's basically these two dudes. It used to be their tomfoolery going on when they lived in a hotel together. But now they live on a cruise ship together. And then that cruise ship goes through the Bermuda Triangle. See, that would scare the fuck out of me. I was genuinely terrified Damn. of the Bermuda Triangle. I always so. thought it was cool just because it was probably the first piece of folklore I really heard about besides Bigfoot. No, uh, mine was all alien, really. I was I was fucking terrified of aliens, and that was kind of uh, an alien thing. I was absolutely fucking terrified of aliens as a kid. This group, I had to do a little research on it. You could be the Gnomes of Zurich, um, and apparently that is a slang term for Swiss bankers. Oh, you mean Zurich? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's like a specific place. The deluxe editions of the games add the Society of Assassins and the Network, which is just AI. There's a Y2K expansion that adds the Church of Subgenius, which I read a little bit about it. It kind of sounds like it's a, a just kind of a church cult kind of thing akin to Scientology. All right. Yeah, I was about to say, sounds sounds Scientology. Yeah, it seems like just another kind of cult based in some kind of religious setting. So players use various cards to gain control of regions and groups through different means, whether it's propaganda, natural disasters, terrorist attacks, supernatural forces, or other nefarious means. There's also a lot of cards that depict different groups of people, such as, you know, the religious, there's Templars, hippies, activists, anarchists, punks, all sorts of different people. Cool. The game itself gained a cult following, and Steve Jackson added a ton of different boosters and expansions to the game as time went on. It's basically Steve ba- Jackson's biggest hit in his career. Good for he him. even recently made a game called Illuminati 2020, which reflects a lot of current events such as COVID, Russia interference, the election, and even the Black Lives Matter protests. All right. So I thought that was really interesting to note because a lot of people, especially recently, have been looking at the original card game from the 90s and have been correlating it to current events happening today. Yeah. But I think Steve Jackson turning around and making 
like, a game specifically about 2020 events kind of proves that he wasn't, like, predicting 2020 events in the 90s. Yeah, he was just spoofing it, and a bunch of people ran with it. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a normal dude who's kind of just making a fun conspiracy game with, like, some social commentary on there. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to be biased towards any one group. Like, you know, he'll make fun of conservatives in some of his cards, and he'll make fun of liberals in some of his cards. He'll kind of just, you know... The cards don't seem like there is any one bias towards any group of people. Mm -hmm. Something very interesting that happened, though, to Steve Jackson was... In 1990, the Secret Service actually raided Steve Jackson's offices under the suspicion that one of his game designers was conducting illegal hacking activity. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Weird. Yeah, so the Secret Service seized the manuscript for a game he was making called GURPS Cyberpunk. (laughs) And (laughs) so when Steve Jackson went back and was like, hey, can I have my stuff back? They told him that it was a handbook for computer crimes and refused to give it back to him. Oh, Jesus. God, the the single greatest enemy to any conspiracy theory that says the government is running some huge secret thing is that just the sheer incompetence of so many of the fuckers they hire. Like, it is is just incredible. Who is 4chan? Since, you know, they didn't only take the manuscript for that game, they it just says that they took a lot of his, like, material in general. So when the Secret Service wouldn't give him his stuff back, he filed a lawsuit against the government in 1993. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, Steve Jackson Games Incorporated versus the United States Secret Service. Fuck and it. he won the lawsuit. Oh, Great. So that is, that's, that's awesome. great. But many people believe that the Secret Service raided Steve Jackson's game studio because he knew too much and was going to share his knowledge with the people through his card game. Yeah, but wouldn't it make more sense if he was killed in that raid? Yeah, exactly. Like, they would have killed him and never let the game come out. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is, you know, the main kind of narrative is that these game, like these cards will predict future events, but a lot of people argue that... It's not predicting events, it's just revealing the events that have already been planned. Yeah, yeah, that predictive programming yeah. kind of thing. Really, I really think, you know, if it was revealing all of the plans for the future, they would have just killed him. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> They would have just killed him and never let the game hit the market. Yeah. A lot of people think, you know, he's in the Illuminati, or, yeah. you know, he didn't make, like, someone from the Illuminati was making the game, but I, I don't think... If this was a secret society... Like, controlling the world. I don't think they would make slip-ups like that. Secret society has two words. And people focus on the society a lot. But they really don't get the word secret. We do live in a society, though. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We do live in a society. We do gotta acknowledge that. Okay. (laughs) Let's get into the actual cards. There's, like, over 500 of these cards. So, I've only picked out a few, like, prominent ones. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, honestly... Like, if you go on YouTube, uh, there is a user, there's actually a few users that own the deck in its whole entirety, and they will just play a video of them going through each and every card. I recommend just watching these YouTube videos of the various cards, because if you Google any of these cards, all the Google image results, it it is all, like, blurry as hell, and a lot of, like, oh, download the PDF for every card, it's a virus. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, I really recommend, like, looking through all these cards. Like, some of them are pretty funny. They're really interesting. Some are funny, and, like, the artwork, in my opinion, is pretty cool. Nice. I think the main card out of all of these cards from the night is, it was 1994 to 1995 is when they were published. The one that got everyone freaking out was a card called Terrorist Nuke. And it quite literally depicts the Twin Towers with the first tower getting hit by a bomb. And it, it is the spitting image. Like I Yeah, when you showed it to me, I was like, God damn, all right, this is going to be a good episode. <laughs> that right there is a 9-11. It is quite literally the spitting image of 9-11. It is, it's freaky, honestly. And like someone even put like a comparison photo of like an actual photo taken of the Twin Towers on 9-11, put it on a layer over it, made it opaque, and it, it fits perfectly. It's really freaky. When did this game come out? 1995. Oh, uh, there was a 1993 bombing of the World Trade Center. Okay, I'm gonna get to that. Oh, sorry. (laughs) It's hard to deny how the illustration is the spitting image of the World Trade Center, and this card alone is typically what leads people to believe that all the cards predict something that the Illuminati are behind. 
This card could just be a brutal coincidence, though, considering the concept of a terrorist attack on important structures and buildings in America wasn't an unheard of concept before. There was also events happening in the 90s, like, you know, the Unabomber was a thing, and the World Trade Center had actually been attacked by jihadists in 1993. The World Trade Center had been attacked before, and I'm pretty sure, like, you know, there was a lot of speculation, like, what happens if a terrorist does conduct a much bigger attack on U.S. soil? Yeah, and there was a lot of residual fear from the Oklahoma City bombing as well. Yeah, what, that was, uh, April of 1995? Yeah. So I don't think this card set was, I mean, you know, it was published in 1995, so I don't think, you know, when they were making the game they knew anything about Oklahoma City, but still, like, in the 90s, terrorism was still, like, a fear that every American had. It didn't start with 9-11. Yeah, and it was, you know, there were the troubles over in Ireland. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it could just be, like, a really, really messed up coincidence that they drew this picture and it ended up happening, but there's also a card depicting the Pentagon uh, on fire. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, the Pentagon was also attacked on 9-11. I also don't think the concept of the Pentagon coming under attack was something people never imagined. To an enemy force, the Pentagon would be, like, the number one location to attack. It is our war room building. Yeah, you can't tell me that there's not, like, one action movie made before 2001 that shows, like, you know, the White House under attack, the Pentagon under attack. Like, yeah. it's not a hard concept to imagine. Show me a card that has a plane crashing into a field in Pennsylvania, and then I will believe that it predicted 9-11. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of other cards that kind of seem to reflect real events that did happen. I'm going to kind of just describe a few. All right. So one that's like really popular right now, if you kind of look up the people that are going through these cards and trying to tie them to real events, is there's one card called Enough is Enough. And it shows this guy, it's kind of like a weird half silhouette of a man's face and he's like yelling, he looks really angry. And people have like been comparing this to a photo of Donald Trump making like the same exact facial expression. Yeah. So, you know, Enough is Enough, he's yelling. And there's also a card called Charismatic Leader that supposedly depicts Donald Trump speaking to a large crowd of people. So a lot of people think that these cards were predicting the election of Trump and, uh, what is it, draining the swamp with that uh, enough is enough. Yeah, uh, angry faces and charismatic leaders never existed before Trump. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you do look at like the picture of Trump yelling and the illustration, it looks really close. It's very similar to each other, but... I don't know, anyone can make an angry yelling face and look like the illustration on the card. Yeah, and also, like, Donald Trump looks like a angry cartoon character. That's not related to anything. That's just a coincidence. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, a lot of people like to imagine. Here's a card I found called A Thousand Points of Light. I don't really know what the title means, but there is depicted a guy in a business suit and another guy, and he's, like, looks like a blue-collar worker. He's got a safety hat on. And they're shaking hands, but the description of the card says, we'll have to put something in the water. And the effect of the card says, paranoia is reduced and good feelings increase to a thoroughly unnatural extent. A lot of people think this is, you know, putting fluoride in the water to keep us dumb. There's another card that references fluoride, but, you know, I think that's kind of just Steve Jackson making a commentary on fluoride conspiracy theories. Yeah, I mean, fluoride conspiracy theories go back to Dr. Strangelove. Uh, which was Kubrick's kind of first real feature film. Yeah, exactly. Where they're talking um, about how the commies are <laughs> poisoning his fluids. Yeah. Here's a card called March on Washington. Um, the mm-hmm. illustration is exactly what you think. It's the White House with a bunch of protest signs. And a lot of people are saying, oh my god, just like today. And it's like... <laughs> 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 you know, uh, we've had... Uh, a lot of marches on Washington, like, you know, there's, like, a really, really important one that happened in the 60s. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't it wasn't just in 2020, like, I promise. This has happened several times before. Uh, <laughs> here's one called Post Office, and no, it is not about mail-in ballots. It is actually depicting a mailman going postal. Oh. You know, the, the post office workers that would, you know, go to the workplace and open fire. That was in 1986. I'm kind of just mentioning this because it's showing how Steve Jackson 
is kind of reflecting on events that have happened in the past. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, going postal, that happened 10 years before this card game came out. So it kind of just proves like, you know, a lot of people are taking these cards and correlating them to events that happen today. And it's like, no, it's it's talking about something that has already happened many years ago. I saw a office supply store that I shit you not was called Going Postal. I want to shop there. (laughs) (laughs) I have a photograph of it. I'll send it to you. (laughs) That's fucking dope. It is. I mean, it's it's, it's morbid, but it's funny. Yeah, it it certainly fucking catches your eye. (laughs) (laughs) Here are some funnies. There is a card called the Death Mask, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And it, it looks kind of just like this weird, creepy, like, red mask, like some guy's wearing it. And the card basically describes how, you know, you put on the mask and you see the world for how it is. You see reality, the real world, what actually uh-huh. is going on. And I found a YouTube video. I didn't write down the user because I just didn't really care. But he was claiming that the death mask card is commentary on Joe Rogan's usage of DMT. What? <laughs> Yeah, so... What the fuck? What does that have to do with anything? (laughs) Well, because, you know, like, DMT, like, you really see the universe for how it is and shit. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know where Joe Rogan comes into it. They say the same things about ass. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I saw the Death Mask card, and, like, the thing is, the deck of cards has a lot of, like, magical items and shit in it. Like, just random items that you could use, because, you know, it's still a game where, you know, you need different, like, spell cards and shit like that so you could play the game. I thought so, they were going to say that was, like, red-pilling, because you, you see the world for how it truly is in the color red. I thought that was the leap they were going to make, but you, um, you really hit I me out of left field. Yeah, it's actually Joe Rogan using DMT. So Steve Jackson <laughs> in 1995 predicted the Joe Rogan show and predicted Joe Rogan using DMT and talking about his experience and enlightening the people to all use DMT. Uh, if there are any Joe Rogan listeners that are listening Turn to this podcast, this podcast right now, please just go get some fresh air, uh, pick up a newspaper, just get your information from literally anywhere else. How about, how about go get some pussy? How about that? <laughs> oh, Gribble, Gribble's like, going out hard. Like, why listen to Joe Rogan when you could get some pussy? <laughs> That's why I don't listen to Joe Rogan. <laughs> I'm too busy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Okay, but yeah, I thought the Death Mask card was, I mean, it's just like a magical artifact card yeah. that is in the game for the purposes of playing the game. And if if anything, I, I was thinking of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I've seen a lot of memes. Oh, like the, yeah, it's like, they put this like mask on and it turns him into a fucking vampire or some shit. I don't know. I didn't oh, watch that much right. of it. But anyway, right. <laughs> there's a card called black activists and anarchists oh lord so people have claimed that the black activist card and the anarchist card predicted the black lives matter and antifa movements (laughs) (laughs) as if black activism hadn't existed before 2020 Uh, fucking anarchism has been around (laughs) since before the united states civil war Arguably yeah, well, before and, that. And you look at you look at these cards and there's a lot of like cards that represent different groups of people and like punks is one of them and they've all got yeah. their little anarchy patches on their vests. Yeah. Like, uh, this is not new. <laughs> I just there's something baffling to me about black activists and they're like oh, black lives matter. Like what the fuck <laughs> was the 60s? <laughs> like, oh, what the fuck? God damn. <laughs> Dude, I wish I could be that dumb. It sounds fun. <laughs> Well, I mean, and not to mention Steve Jackson's Illuminati 2020, he makes a card about Black Lives Matter. So what yeah. makes you think the black activist card he made in 1995 was about Black Lives Matter? No, it yeah. was definitely about, like, wasn't, uh, what was it, 1993, like, Rodney King? 1992 right. was uh, uh, the Rodney King, the L.A. riots. Uh, yeah, so black activism has was been a big a thing. thing. Yeah, it was a big thing in that decade. Like, what... What makes you think <laughs> it's not George Floyd protests? I promise. It, like, <laughs> black people have been protesting long before now. <laughs> like, yeah, every decade of America's existence. Yeah, like where I don't know where you guys have been. Another card is oil spills, and they think that this predicted the Gulf crisis, as if oil spills hadn't happened before. Oh man. This one's a little weird, but I'm gonna have to talk about the Las Vegas shooting. Alright. Uh, what was that, 2015, the country concert? 
Yeah. I've seen some people make some dumbass takes about the cards predicting the Las Vegas shooting. Like, for example, there is part of the game is, you know, you can have different regions of the world to control. So there's like a California Mm -hmm. card. There's a London card. Yeah. There's a New York card. But there is a Las Vegas card. And so I have literally seen someone take the Las Vegas card and then take Mm -hmm. a separate card called Sniper and put them (laughs) next to each other like they're fucking tarot cards. (laughs) And say, oh my god, guys, it predicted the Las Vegas shooting. Like, no, baby, it didn't. (laughs) But other people have said that the Las Vegas card actually did predict the shooting of 2015 because of the imagery on the Las Vegas card itself. So it shows like a... um, what are they? You know those like big, frilly costumes that the ladies wear, kind of like burlesque. Anyway, yeah, I know what you're talking. Yeah, about. and it's just got like some casino imagery and stuff like that. But there are two cards, and it looks like they are both the it looks like the Joker, um, and an Ace card. Mm-hmm. And what's weird is that what is it called? The Joker or the Jack? I think it's the Jack. Uh, a Jack is like the Prince. A Joker, like like a has a jester. Yeah, it's right. a it's a jack card. It's a jack card, but whoever wrote this wrote Joker. <laughs> so it shows a jack and an ace of spades mm-hmm. together, right? So Jason Aldean was the country singer who was performing at the 2015 Las Vegas event. Mm-hmm. And he has a tattoo of the jack of clubs and the ace of clubs. And it is like... Uh, pretty identical to how the two cards look on the Las Vegas card in the game. Mm-hmm. So they say that's how it's predicting it. I don't know. I, I was kind of trying to like figure out like, okay, well, this is easily explainable. Yeah. And I started Googling like just playing card tattoos. Yeah. And a lot of playing card tattoos that pop up on Google Images, they are typically two cards mm-hmm. just like that. Yeah. And typically people do the king and then an ace. Mm-hmm. It seems like Jason Aldean just didn't want a tattoo like everybody else, so he made it a jack instead of a king. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird that they're both spades, mm-hmm. but on the card, the jack on the card, uh, I can't tell if it's a spade. In my opinion, it looks more like a club. All right. So, I don't know. That's probably just a weird coincidence in the fact that people don't get original tattoos. Yeah. Here's some more fun cards. Here's one that predicted Pepe the Frog. <laughs> Here we go. So, um, oh, is it the Frog King from- one? Well, okay, yeah, so here's a post that came from this website called thedonald.win. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a card called Reign of Frogs, which is obviously a reference to the Bible. (laughs) And then the frog god, so they think that is Pepe the Frog. All right. Here is a card called Political Correctness, and it depicts two men hanging. All right. And one card, like they're both having holding a sign, mm-hmm. and one says "ate the flesh of dead animals," and he was hung for it, which is definitely just a joke about vegan activists. Yeah. And the other one says "used insensitive pronoun." So here comes the transgender agenda. I mean, again, it's Steve Jackson just kind of being tongue-in-cheek political and social commentary. Yeah. Here's one that shows daycare centers, and it is like kids sitting crisscross and the teacher she has a cloak on she's got like a candle and a skull and there's like a pentagram on the chalkboard i thought this was uh, interesting because i think it's a reference to the satanic panic um like there is a case like out of a daycare where you know uh, a mother who ran the daycare and her son were both accused of you know satanic ritual abuse of the children through the daycare yeah i actually read about that yeah, their lives were completely ruined. Um, none of the allegations turned out to be true. Of course. But I thought that was interesting because, I mean, again, it shows social commentary. Mm-hmm. Here is one called Pizza for the Secret Meeting. Hell yeah. And <laughs> this one's weird as fuck. Get your adrenochrome think- pumping, baby. Like, holy fuck, it's Pizzagate, right? <laughs> um, it is weird. It is weird. Pizza for the secret meeting. And the, the picture on the card is, like, literally just a slice of pizza. Mm-hmm. But the more I looked at it, like, I was like, okay, this is fucked up now. Mm-hmm. Like, how am I supposed to explain yeah. this shit? But if you look at the card a little closer, it actually shows that there is a hidden microphone in the pizza. Yeah. And the description of the card says, Is this the secret meeting? Here you go, sir. Double cheese, pepperoni, anchovy, green olives, black olives, mushroom, and a microphone. 
So it seems like it's just a joke about wiretapping yeah. or surveillance, and it just happened to be a slice of fucking pizza. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's anything there. I like this card a lot. It's called Suck Dry and Cast Aside. Oh, hell yeah. Predicting gay <laughs> dudes and great fucking blowies. Yeah, it's just it's just like a picture of a dude like all sucked up, like he's all flat. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, there's a lot of other crazy shit. Like, you know, there's groups of people, um, like cards, like here's one that's joggers. Someone thinks that's the Boston bombings because... <laughs> <laughs> Running was not invented until the Boston bombing. Here's one called Video Games, and it's just some nerd playing fucking video games, but people think that's Xboxes spying on people what? through the Kinect. I don't know what? where they got that. Let's see, uh, here's one called New Blood, and it looks like it's showing, like, zombies or something like that, and they're like, this is that uh, cannibal from Florida who huffed bath salts. Okay. Like, okay, sure. Just a lot of dumb shit. But I think most interestingly is I've recently there have been cards that supposedly predicted the coronavirus pandemic. Like, uh, there's a Center for Disease Control card, and it shows a nurse. And it looks like they're accidentally releasing a virus, which yeah. plays heavily into the rumors that, you know, coronavirus was man-made and released on purpose or accidentally. I mean, there was always this fear, really, ever since we first started really getting an understanding of diseases. Because uh, we do have a lab that's got, like, the plague and SARS and mumps and all of that, just, like, in little test tubes. And it's kind of always been a popular anxiety of somebody walks out one day and just drops it on the sidewalk. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, there's always been the threat of, Biological you know, warfare. what, biochemical war. Yeah. So, yeah, and there's another card called Epidemic, and it has, like, a big word over it that's, like, quarantine, and it shows a mask <laughs> and a syringe and some pills. <laughs> so a lot of people think this predicted COVID-19, but, um, again, uh, in the 90s, uh, <laughs> Americans absolutely were, you know, like, not beyond the comprehension of a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, people were, I remember people were scared about the bird flu. I think that was in, like, the early 2000s. But, you know, there's also the 1920s pandemic that killed an insane amount of people in the United States. Get this. Get this real quick. It was 1995. What the fuck just happened? Oh, right. The AIDS epidemic. Yeah. Or SARS. So, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I mentioned that, like, you know, the, the whole, like, the Black Lives Matter thing. Yeah. The elections, you know, covid that, like, to think that, you know, Americans in the 90s didn't know about were these things? thinking about conspiracies or the Illuminati. Like, this is not something that just happened nine, after 9-11. Like, yeah. conspiracy thought in America that revolves around all these topics, it pretty much started with the assassination of JFK. Yeah. Like, this has been a, this has been part of the American imagination for decades and decades. Not to so, mention that conspiracy theories have been a major phenomena for, you know, historically speaking, the first, like, major use of conspiracy theories was in Nazi Germany. The idea that all these Jewish bankers were coalescing to destroy the might of, of the once powerful Germany. Well, you could even go back as far as, uh, what, Jack the Ripper in the 1800s, because a lot of uh, Londoners, or wherever the fuck they were, British people, <laughs> they thought Jack the Ripper, <laughs> Jack the Ripper could have possibly been of royalty, um, and it was all being covered up by, like, a, once again, satanic pedophile cabal. Like, that goes as far back as the 1800s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's also the fact that, I, if I had to guess who Jack the Ripper was, I would say probably a member of the royal family. I mean, these days, the, the modern version of Jack the Ripper is, like, a whole, bunch of, a whole bunch of people either associated with or certain members of the royal family who are just, just big old kid diddlers. Yeah, so, I don't know. I, I like this card game a lot. I think it's really fascinating. Do I think it predicted or revealed any planned events? No. I think it was Steve Jackson just really, really liking conspiracy theories and wanting to make a game on it. Like, he did a shit ton of research on conspiracy theories to make this game. Oh, I totally forgot to mention, there's also a lot of fun cards about, like, specific politicians. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> well, they got some Clinton uh, ones. Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, so yeah. the Bill Clinton, you know, there's Bill Clinton. Hell there's yeah. There's a Bill Clinton card, and he's wearing a collar. Uh-huh. And the, Hila the Hillary Clinton card depicts her holding the leash to the collar, and, like, her description on her card says, like, 
when you play this card, you have power over all other politicians or some <laughs> shit like that. It's pretty funny. Hell yeah, um, The Ronald Reagan one appears to depict his Alzheimer's. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Because uh, he's kind of like, it looks like he's sleeping in a chair, but there's like a monkey using the telephone. Oh, that's a reference to Bedtime for Bonzo, which was a movie he was in where uh, the co-star was a monkey. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, and then there's, like, Saddam Hussein cards. There's, like, a ton of, like, relevant political figures. Of the 80s from and 90s. around the 90s, the 80s and 90s um, in there. There's also one that kind of annoyed the fuck out of me. There is a Princess Diana card, right? Um, yeah. And it doesn't really say much at all. It's just a picture of Princess Diana, and, you know, people are taking her pictures. She's looking all pretty. But, like, people think that by including her in the game... It predicted her death. Whoa. I wonder if when Which, Bill Clinton like, eventually croaks, uh, God, please soon, they'll say <laughs> that that card predicted his death. Yeah, exactly. Like, just because, you know, Steve Jackson included a prominent figure. Yeah. <laughs> it predicted something about them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Bill and Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Like, they're being two separate cards, but if you put the cards together, the images, like, line up, and it's, she's, she's got them on a leash. Yeah, it's a like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, Exodia. So, I, I'm a big fan of this game. I really recommend checking it out. I, hopefully, maybe one day I'll get, like, a copy of it. If we ever open yeah. a Patreon, like, some of our, uh, gifts to patrons should be, like, sending them a random card from this game. Yeah. I mean, that, honestly, if I can get my hands on it, I don't know if I want to give it away. Yeah, that's true. Shout out Steve Jackson. Yeah, sounds like a cool guy. Very fun game. Hang out he with made. me sometime. Very interesting game. Let's, let's toke up, brother. Yeah, I mean, he's still currently, like, doing shit. Oh. Like, he's still at it. Hell yeah. So. Like, I mean, you know, he just made his 2020 Illuminati game. I, I think he's just a big fucking enthusiast of the whole cultural phenomenon that is conspiracy theories. Yeah. I don't think there's anything deeper to it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about this card game. I mean, I could talk, like, about each individual card, and it could last hours, yeah. but I just picked out some fun ones. Yeah, uh, that was great. That's all we've got for today's episode. Tune in next week for our topics on Cigarettes Are Good For You and Elves Did 9-11. More specifically, it was the Keebler Elves. <laughs> you can find us on Anchor, where we host, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify. We're working on getting uploaded to iTunes soon, but that's a bit of a lengthy process. Thanks so much for listening. I also will be um, at some point creating a YouTube channel and just uploading each episode there. Uh, if you use YouTube to listen to podcasts, why not? It's also just a good place to keep it all archived. Yeah, yeah. Anything that gets those 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 clicks, those views, those listens. I need that attention, baby. We're so poor. Help. Yeah, we really we really need you to just 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 pump those numbers. I'm up. on the TikTok Creator Fund, and they ain't paying me that much. <laughs> TikTokers need a union. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.